I remember when I first started managing people and I was like, oh man, I can't just ask them to do this broad thing. I have to give them really specific instructions. And if like that's what AI is also doing, it's forcing us to get really precise with what we need. Welcome to another exciting episode of Marketers Talking Marketing. And today I'm super jazzed because we, we've been talking about AI in a lot of these episodes, but today we're going to talk about practical tips for leveraging AI for content production. We're joined by Lauren, who I met a long ass time ago <laughs> at a social media breakfast where you're talking about statistics, which is one of my favorite topics. Uh, but Lauren, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you're currently doing. Yeah, so my name is Lauren Teague. I am the president of Teague FC, which is a marketing consultancy. Um, I spent seven years with Convince and Convert under the mentorship of Jay Bear, learning marketing and consulting kind of simultaneously, um, becoming a speaker and, and kind of doing that. Seven years before that, I built and led all of the social media at the PGA Tour. So literally like first Twitter accounts for the tour, for our tournaments, for the players, um, and then kind of teaching and and growing those um, so that when I left, they backfilled my role with four different people, uh, which is, I mean, when you think about like the difference between social media in 2008, 9, 10, and like 14, 15, 16, like you can see why, like we didn't know what we were going to get into back in the day. And then by the time I had to leave, it was, it was certainly, you know, much more than a kind of the precipice of what it is today and content today. And now I'm the founder of FanWagon. We are the online marketplace for second fan fashion. So where sports fans can go and buy and resell from their closet into a different, you know, like swap clothes from closet to closet um, that represent their favorite teams, sports. But I also am continuing on with the marketing consultancy with the speaking because I realized that I love my brain works on other people's businesses. Um, and that actually helps my own business. So today, if you like, what am I doing? I've got fan wagon that's about to launch. Um, I've got the brand of fan show podcast, which is my own podcast. I launched earlier this year, also around the phenomenon of fandom and what it takes to, uh, for businesses to build great brands, not just with followers, but truly like how to cultivate fans. And then I do a little bit of the consulting and speaking on the side. So it's like everything. And that's not like the nonprofit boards or the community preschool like presidency, but those are those are the things that I'm mostly involved in. <laughs> I get it. It's also just such a fun feeling to be backfilled by multiple people. It is. <laughs> I and mean, it was like kind of like a credit to like, oh, okay. I knew I was doing a lot of heavy lifting, but like the six months after I left was very interesting. I bet for the people who are, I had worked with at the PJ tour and also then trying to figure out what they were going to do. So. so something I think that is really transferable is you went in as kind of the first social media person building something new. When it comes to content creation, your podcast, we're talking about AI with how you were editing and some of the workflows. It's really seeing this new world. There's a million ways to go, but how do we do it most efficiently to be able to punch above our weight, get the most content out with a one-person team often, at least starting out, I think almost every marketing function and person I know starts as one person at some time for a department as you're growing. Yeah. So using it really as a leverage for efficiency. We are chatting a bit before the show and I've been using a tool, Summarize, that allows you to, I'm essentially uploading a podcast episode and it's given me a ton of content that I'd otherwise have a marketing coordinator spending 
three or four hours on, including right. time stamping, which is amazing. What What's in your arsenal? What tools are you using? What systems? What processes? Tell me more about it. Okay. So um, I've, I've done a handful of these things and I actually do, I'm, I'm looking at ways to build systems so that even if I am using coordinators to do the work um, or project managers or assistants to do the work, that it accelerates what they can get done as well. Yeah. And so some of it is like I started fairly traditionally. I have an audio engineer. He takes the the content. He takes the clips. He builds the show. Um, could I do that by myself? Probably. Do I want to? Not at all. <laughs> so that is money well spent. I have the audio engineer. My um, One of my teammates, she kind of PMs the whole thing. I'm in charge of booking guests, um, getting their info. So it's not truly AI, but using templates and automation just in that process like that, I'm going to send an email that's templated that I have access to. And then once they send back, like once they booked, then an email, another email gets sent yeah. a few days before the show, another email gets sent as a reminder, please fill out the guest form. Once the, once the content's done, you know, we send another email with the links, like all of it's just baked. And so I don't have to recreate things, which is a win, I think for, for me, hundred percent. Um, so being able to like systemize that piece of it, the tools I'm using. So I record on zoom, um, zoom has a nifty highlights function. So when you get the recording out, um, and the video, you can actually auto edit or it will auto generate highlights for you. You can update that transcript and then export. So out of a 45 minute conversation, I might export 17 minutes. That is like a highlights package for me. Now it's not completely like polished, but it's rough cuts. I can upload that into, so that's one, because that gets me from 45 to 17. Then I can take that into a tool like Pictory, which is similar to Summarize, but now I want to check out Summarize. And Pictory takes video um, and allows you to kind of do the same highlights, but then put your branding on it, cut different, you know, an open and a close, like different things. So I can cut a ton of promo video from the 17 minute rough cut. And I can, I can cut a, a ton of promo video that we can just package and put into the queue for social media channels. We can give it to the guests, um, that kind of thing. So zoom has been one Pictory has been really fascinating. Um, I'm really enjoying that tool. And then obviously like chat GPT, um, now Bard and, you know, these other things, um, what I'm getting really good at is writing the right prompts. Uh, mm, yeah. So prompt, I think it, it's less about asking, can you do this thing with the transcript, but giving it like, what is the key information the tool really needs? And also how can I get exactly what I need out of it? So to be able to say, I need 250 words for a show description, I need take the chapters and recommend headlines uh, or can you write me an email, like an email that sounds like me with these three key points and also um, what was something else that I would put in there? Yeah. So, you know, like getting really good at the prompts so that you can use the AI generative. Can I have six social media posts, one like for LinkedIn, then for Instagram, then from Twitter. And here's the handles and here's the hashtags and please include emoji, insert link for show. Like, so that you're getting like where you might be using AI to get you 60% of the way there. If you write a good prompt, you can get 75%, you can get 85%, you can get 90% until it learns enough of your voice that it gets you almost there. But I would never just choop, 
and like put it directly in somewhere too. I think there's a little bit of both ethics and um, assurance of like my eyes to see what it is and make sure it sounds like me. It's that's very, very, very important to me. And, uh, and not yet has one of these tools sounded exactly like me. Yeah. I feel like I've gone somewhere. I was like, oh my gosh, like how is an AI writing this? And other ones where I was like, oh my God, don't worry. AI is not coming for your job with it. I've been doing similar. So I started with a lot of it was manual and then we got ClickUp to help automate a lot of it, which saves so much time. We're using HubSpot for emails and we were going through and I was having someone timestamp it. And then I have a video editor who goes through and edits, edits it down. We take the final, we timestamp it for social again. And then we put it in maybe like Descript to help do the imaging for it and make um, social posts and captions. But it was such a like, just such a heavy, long process. Yeah. And so being candid, I got behind on a lot of the videos getting out because it was taking so long to do those things. And then this is me using Summarize. And that, by the way, it's like, days of a process between multiple people touching it to get it done. Mm -hmm. And then we still haven't written a blog post for it. And I'm going to chat GPD for show notes saying, give me show, like give me a description for a podcast about, uh, you know, blah, just about putting marketing. a thing in. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about marketing. It was, it was uncanny how often it would get really close and like say things that we talked about in the show specifically without me giving it that prompt. Yeah. So it was a little creepy, but we weren't doing blog posts for anything. We weren't doing website copy for anything. We weren't doing transcriptions for everything. But with Summarize, it made it so easy. It's like, okay, now we can now really can start it. moving. Kind of where that is. Yeah. And then those people who were previously working these really manual things, now they can work on more strategic things. They can work on the social media calendar to get stuff out and scheduling mm -hmm. and publishing and kind of freeing up for other areas. So it's been a game changer, I would say, for efficiencies. Though nothing it's given us can get directly published. It all needs editing. Like it needs it needs help making it human readable. There is also, you know, you mentioned ethical side. There's a legal consideration with it. The copyright for that content is owned by the algorithm and the owner, the owner of the algorithm that produced it. Right. So if you just copy paste, you don't own the copyright to your shit anymore. So don't do it, people. Yeah, You're don't give them do your it. whole transcript, right? Like I've been yeah. tempted to be like, how can I cut down a transcript? to give that in as a prompt and then get better stuff out. And I was like, you know what? It actually isn't. The person who's listening to the podcast with a producer ear and she's writing kind of the contents of the, the chapters and she's writing some like keynotes of takeaways. If you take my questions, which are pre-written and I kind of, as I'm interviewing, I'll kind of copy paste and scratch things out. And then I do a thing on my show called the TLDL, Too Long Didn't Listen, where basically I'll repack a whole episode in one minute like 60, to, 60 seconds to 120 seconds, where it's like, basically, it's my superpower. I have a consulting brain. I can reiterate. I can take great notes in real time, and I can reiterate what happened. It's probably those seven years of also like live tweeting PGA Tour coverage that like got me there. Um, so I can do a TLDL. Well, I can pull the intro. I can pull my questions. I can pull my TLDL in transcript, match it with what the producer is hearing, and now you don't have 45 minutes of an episode like in transcript form to give to chat GPT, but you got all the stuff. Yeah. I got my takeaways, what I was trying to get out of it. Some of the things that they said, now the AI can really use something that's really rich and with really clear prompts, write it in this style. 
make it sound like such and such. I need it for my email. I need it for LinkedIn. I need it for such and such. Write mm-hmm. LinkedIn social copy with a problem solution like POV, right? Yeah. So now you're tuning in like, how does it make it sound like me? How does it make it like hit the algorithm, what the, the social platform algorithm is looking for? LinkedIn's looking for conversation, right? Conversational, like write social posts for LinkedIn with a conversational tone, right? Now I'm starting to kind of put these pieces together that do it. But I have a pretty aggressive rollout strategy where Tuesday, the podcast goes live, goes live on the website. Wednesday, the LinkedIn newsletter goes. That's when my email goes. And like we have like very specific days that content has to go. Um, this helps us get much closer to actually hitting those marks. Yeah, we have that that aspiration. Uh, but in actuality, because it's a kind of a it's we got a little backed up at the beginning. And so yeah. we're just, we're just, we're just going, we're just raw dog in the whole process. You got to do it. You got to um, figure it out. Right. Yeah. And it'll, it's kind of like working itself out too. And it's been a, a fun exploration. When you talk about chat GPT and giving it, you know, prompts for copy and all that, are you using chat GPT proper? Are you using a different tool that's like kind of the front end for it? Like Jasper, or other ones? I am uh, now a paying customer of chat GPT only because it would time out at the most like inopportune times. And I'll be like, no. Part of that though is because I r- watched some YouTube videos somebody sent me and the, um, I can't, I don't even know who did it. So I apologize for ripping off your stuff, guy who put this on YouTube. But it was like the ideal way to use ChatGPT as a prompt engineer. So basically coaching you on prompt skills to get better stuff. So the prompt is Something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing, but you're welcome to like steal it, whoever's listening to this. Something to the effect of, I'm asking you, Chad GPT, to be my prompt engineer coach. When I give you information, I want you to do two things. One is to rewrite the ideal prompt based on the information that you have. And two, ask questions What in, to give to get more information from me that makes a stronger prompt. So you're, wait, so you're going to ChatGPT and you're saying, hey, ChatGPT. Yep. You're going to train me to be a better prompt engineer. I want to ask you to write a blog post. How do I write a good, how do I give you a good prompt to get a blog post? Essentially, yes. And so, and, and from the startup entrepreneur side, now I can use this prompt and the prompt is getting me so much closer. So in five, maybe four or five rounds, for example, I used it to do, let's say, a press release, okay, on the new company. So, like, so I put in this first prompt. I have it just saved on a text pad, like in my, like on my desktop, so I can always grab it, put it in. Okay, I understand the like what we're about to do. Tell me what what is the prompt that you're trying to write. So I would write in, I'm writing a press release for my company or for my podcast. Da, 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 da. And here's like the boilerplate information, right? Yeah. So then it respits a better prompt that kind of iterates like with some of that information I just gave it. Da, da, da. And then it'll ask anywhere from like three to five questions about that makes the prompt richer. So like, so if it's for the podcast, it would say like, who's the podcast for? Where is it available? Is it available online? And so you're it's asking more information. Yeah. Once I give it that information, it rewrites the prompt, the ideal prompt with that. And then it says, this is interesting. Tell me more about the guests that you have on the show. Tell me more about your interview style. Like, so it'll ask these questions. And then once you've 
take done that back and forth three or four times. Now you have a really rich prompt. Now I can copy that, put it into a new chat. And it's got a rich enough prompt with enough detail. Now we're going with like two or three paragraphs of, of really good information. If I can use chat GPT-4, then at that stage, it's going to give me a much richer starting place. So that's what I mean about like, you can go from like, you can get 50% of there, or you can spend a little bit more time and get 80% of the way there. My mind is blown. I feel like I don't know how to use AI. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? So if this is marketers <laughs> talking in marketing, yeah. AI is not going to necessarily take our jobs, but the marketers, and like people have been saying this across the web, right? But it's the marketers who are using AI who will take marketing jobs. Nicole, find a link to this YouTube video. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> like Nicole's my marketing coordinator, uh, who's amazing and is not gonna lose her job to AI, but find that video. That sounds so it's yeah, mind blown. So once like, you understand that the tools are less like your virtual assistant and more of like the expert that you can ask things of then it changes how you use the tools. Yeah. That's our that's our TLDL of the note. One is don't copy shit out of chat GPT and AI. Very important. Rewrite it, edit it. Number two is learn how to write good prompts and ask it ask it to teach you to write better prompts. Yeah, which I think it's is really interesting when you think about like how, like now you can lay chat GPT and Bard if you have access to Bard and you can give it the same like rich prompt and the same shitty prompt. And then you can start to see like which one's really closer to what you need, right? That if you're going to decide which tool to use, give it a really good prompt and a really shitty prompt and, and then see like where it gets closer. I haven't used like Dolly in a long in a while and I want to get back into visual prompts because I think being a better prompt writer for chat GPT is going to make me a hell of a lot better prompt writer for visual oh, and that side of it. 100%. It's interesting how the the entire approach, I think, is changing how we think about structuring things and searching for things and really like part of asking. Uh, I, I remember when I first started managing people and I was like, oh, man, I can't just ask them to do this broad thing. I have to give them really specific instructions. Mm -hmm. And if like that's what AI is also doing, it's forcing us to get really precise with what we need. Like, give me this. And, and what do I actually need? Do I want my tone to be conversational? I hate all the conversational copy comes up with. I always ask it to make it more professional. Maybe I'm professional, you know? And yeah. Well, and I think if you haven't done the marketing work to identify like brand tone and voice, yeah. then how do you know what to ask? Right. Yeah. Like, or how do you know how it to ask it to make it sound like you? But if you have it dialed in, my voice and tone is I am funny, but not sarcastic. I am like charming, but not like elaborate, like whatever those, that, those tone characteristics, yeah. if you've done the work to find that, which is fairly like not basic marketing, but if you've invested in a content strategy, hopefully you have a tone and voice document that aligns with that. The more that you do fundamentally, good marketing fundamentally will improve your AI marketing, like any tool that you're using. So yeah. 
That's such a, yeah, that's such a great point. Well, Lauren, we are, we're coming up wrapped on time, but thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening and you're on YouTube, drop in the comments, tell us what you're doing with AI, how it's impacted your workflows and processes. We really want to hear this. Share your, share your ideas with everyone. It's a blue ocean people. Um, if you're on Spotify, go over to YouTube, <laughs> drop your <laughs> comment in. And we'll also include links on where to find all of Lauren's stuff or podcasts and upcoming ventures. So again, thank you so much for joining us today You're and welcome. sharing your, your experience. Can I tell one more story? Yeah. I just want to like, I, I, we threw so much, like that yeah. was like a pretty heavy. This is the after show now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I, but like we threw so much and I don't want somebody to be like overwhelmed or I'm never going to get it. And I am going to lose my job to somebody else. When I studied abroad in Ireland, we had for college. So I was there for a term. We had the choice of taking some sort of traditional Irish culture class music, dance, something else. I chose dance because I don't know, have you, I mean, everybody's seen Riverdance. You want to like learn how to do the steps, right? I remember being in that class and us who are 19, 20, 21, mostly Americans, like international students taking this like intro to Irish dance class. And they must've just done it for the like fun of like teaching Americans how to do something just ridiculous. But I remember us struggling through like the most basic intro step and the teacher going like, okay, you're getting it. This is what we teach our kindergartners. <laughs> and like, but when you're like 19, 20, 21, you're like, God, this is hard stuff, right? Like I, my feet, like my rhythm doesn't work this way. Da, da, da. If you're five, six or seven, you can pick it up. Yeah. What we are doing right now is learning as an exchange student, a brand new culture when it comes to AI. And what happens is like everyone who comes after us will get the benefits of that, of picking that up earlier. However, we have to struggle through it to be, to get to the proficiency of. So like starting small, finding tips, following people on YouTube, asking questions, like how do you use it? Just keep having those conversations. Cause one, it's not necessarily going to go anywhere, but it's definitely not going to look the same as it does today or tomorrow, like in five years, it will look completely different. And you know that. And I know that I was a social media OG. What I did in 08 to 12 looks completely different from what we did, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 from a content standpoint for a professional sports organization. It, oh, it's yeah. miles different. Can you imagine Duolingo TikTok on Twitter in the early 2010s? No. That bird picks a fight with everyone. <laughs> Which and would be like, actually, I mean, I wish they'd be on there. Like, I wish they'd be picking fights with the Twitter bird now because that's what our <laughs> needs to be put in its place a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, like it, it it has to evolve. So like it feels as awkward as being like an exchange student trying to pick up cultural dance moves that like kindergartners can, can do. Which is true. I did see a video of my friend whose six-year-old was Irish dancing way better than I ever will. Right. So, uh, but you know, we got to start somewhere. So I just want to like make that clear is like, there's a lot of tools. There's a lot of advice. There's a lot of things right now that are consistently popping up, but just taking it slow is totally fine. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that tidbit. Also everyone go AI it up. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Marketers Talking Marketing. We have a ton of great content coming out to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell notification below.